we pivoted on that last month and I had a client who we made a template and we pressure washed their logo because I saw that somewhere. Uh, I saw a company, I think it was in Great Britain, who does that regularly. And so it was, they spent, you know, $150 to have a large vinyl template made of their logo. And they're downtown, so the sidewalks are old and pretty dark and all that. And go out there and it lasts for, I think it's been, it's been almost a month now. It's still there. And and so they didn't just do it in front of their business, though. They went, they kept going... (laughs) That is street, I was so like, you smart. May wanna, right. I said, you may want to, you know, maybe just do some arrows or some smiley faces. I said, I don't know about putting your logo in front of other people, but they got so excited because it looked so cool. You're on a mission and you just need more people to know about it. And whether you're brand new to marketing or a seasoned pro, we are all looking for answers to make marketing decisions with purpose. I'm Monica Pitts a techie, crafty business owner, mom, and aerial dancer who solves communication challenges through technology. This podcast is all about digging in and going digital. I'll share my marketing know-how and business experience from almost 20 years of misadventures. I'll be your backup dancer so you can stop doubting and get moving towards marketing with purpose. Hello again, and welcome back to Marketing with Purpose. My name is Monica Pitts, and I'm going to be your host today. And with me, I have guest Jay Smith, and his bio is so fun that I'm actually going to read it to you before I start asking him to tell you about himself. (laughs) And okay, so but first, he's going to tell us about guerrilla, guerrilla marketing tactics for small business owners. And I'm really excited. And if you guys jump over to his website, he'll give you a link to it. Um, he's got a whole list of them, like a laundry list. I'm sure that you're going to find one that's totally going to work for your business. But Jay is a former cybersecurity nerd, private investigator, army veteran, trucking manager, and coder with a psychology degree who fails to see guardrails when looking for ways to make his digital marketing clients stand out. (laughs) Wow. Okay. So with that, Jay, I feel like you should let us know how those jobs have like brought you to where you are today and made you an awesome digital marketer. Wow. Uh, that's, that's quite an intro, Monica. And before we get started, I just want to say how much I love your podcast. Oh, like thanks. you bring so much value to your listeners and to your guests. It's, it's really uh, refreshing to listen to and you, you have so many different angles. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty difficult to distill all of the things that I've done in the past that have kind of narrowed down to the, to the point that we are right now. Um, just, just say I'm, I'm multi-passionate. I am always curious. I'm always poking and hacking and tearing things apart. And thing one thing leads to another. And I ended up in cybersecurity. And then I got my private investigator license. And then the pandemic kind of wiped that out because the courts were closed. So I, I went back to what I had been doing for over a decade, which was building websites and doing marketing. And, uh, and because I was so heavily involved in BNI, Uh, That's what everyone knew I was capable of helping them with their digital issues. So I just kind of pivoted there. And I've been doing that for a couple of years now. Is there, I don't have my license anymore as a private investigator. People always love to ask, or did you look at me? Did you look me up? Like, no, you're not paying me to, I'm not going (laughs) to. Is there like one particular skill that maybe you learned in one of those jobs that you feel like 
kind of allows you to set yourself apart from the rest or like makes you really good at what you're doing today? I do. Um, I think it's uh, so when it comes to cybersecurity, whether you're a good guy or a bad guy, you're all hackers. <laughs> and it it's true. It's the same tools. It's the same practices. It's just one is deciding to be a criminal and one is not. Um, and really, you know, as you're learning to break into systems or harden systems, you, you really discover that there are no, there, there's never, there's never an answer you can't get to. You just got to be able to dig to it far enough or have the resources to get to it. Um, there's always a solution. And I think that's kind of, if you read my rambling massive about me page and why the root of pie, you'll kind of see what I'm getting at there. I think I 100% agree with you because like that's one of my biggest frustrations with other web developers and especially tech people is they get really safe in their own little universe and then you ask them to do something and they'll be like, oh, no, that can't be done. And I'm like, oh, that is mm -hmm. not the answer, my friend, that no. everything can be done. <laughs> it might not be sure. fun, but it can be done and you just got to like dig at it until you find it. Right. Absolutely. So um, how did you, you wandered into business through cybersecurity and your private investigator, but you started in this business, right? And then you walked away into cybersecurity. So how did you get started uh, in like web design and digital sort marketing? Of. <laughs> uh, sort of. So um, about 15 years ago, I was still managing truck drivers. Uh, but on the side, I really got interested and in, in enjoyed blogging. And I was kind of doing it in a, uh, from a personal finance angle. But then I also started learning HTML and CSS and then I learned WordPress. So websites and all online stuff just kind of became my hobby. It's what I enjoy doing. And uh, once I discovered that I could build basically anything I wanted, especially when I learned JavaScript, I, that was it. I was hooked. Um, and that's what I enjoy so much about coding and building. I've, I've built a few apps. I've been a part of a startup. I just, I just love the idea that you, there's nothing you can't build, really. Yeah. And it, and it solves so many problems. That's one of the things I uh -huh. love so much about web design. It's like, I can, I can, I love design, designing brochures and postcards and that kind of stuff too. But when I build a website, I feel like I can solve a problem. And that is what makes it such a powerful tool in somebody's business is that if you pair up with the right web developer, you can, you can solve problems like in your business and for Absolutely. yourself on the day to day. And that, that makes it really, really fun. Okay. So, um, you proposed the idea of guerrilla marketing tactics for small business owners. And that is like, I almost feel like guerrilla marketing is kind of a buzzword. So I thought maybe we could start with how, what do you think that is? Like, or, or what should other people think it is probably? <laughs> yeah, um, I use the term because people have heard it before. And it's it's from 1984, honestly. Uh, a, a writer wrote a book, Guerrilla Marketing, uh, Jay Levinson. And at the time, some of those tactics that are from the original guerrilla marketing are, are a little gross, like astroturfing, which is basically getting fake reviews yeah. um, and, and just overtaking someone else's event with some sort of virality. Um, he, some of these tactics, they have worked with big splashes. Salesforce pulled it off uh, several years ago. But I, I use that term mainly to kind of shift the idea that what it really is, is looking at low cost, organic, original, and engaging ways to market, as opposed to writing a check for a dashboard full of impressions, and you're not sure if that's bringing you business or not. Yeah. And I feel like right now, everybody feels like there's, you know, one way 
you're just going to post stuff on social media. And oh, I'm like, wow, that stinks. We need to broaden your horizons because you have access to so many more things, so many more things that you can use to market your business. And I just don't think that people, um, they, they just see that one path, right? That path, that writing the check or making that post. And they just hope that something's going to go viral eventually. And <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it will. I don't know. <laughs> like, it's, right. It all, it all, it all takes either, either significant amount of money or a significant amount of effort. And it's, it's, it's on a sliding scale. If you want to abdicate your entire marketing to someone else and you want it to be very effective, you're going to spend a lot of money on them. Mm -hmm. If you're only going to spend a little bit of money, you're just going to get middling results. And you said something very interesting there. It's like everybody's looking for that one thing. And that's actually kind of counterproductive because in today's world, standing out and not being just another, I'm the best web developer, or we, you know, we, we, we give you the best looking lawn or, you know, we, it, it, it basically, if you look in your town and you look at every plumber website, they essentially all say the same thing or every HVAC website or, and everybody's just kind of following the pack and that's on their web developers too. And then SEO is just trying to optimize for the same near me keywords, but you're not standing out. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's why a book like play bigger where it talks about category creation is so important because really it, in order to, if you create your own vertical and, and I have a coach who's helped me really kind of delve into this stuff, that's how you can really stand out and, and find your, we, we, in our industry, we, we tend to think niching down means, okay, I build websites for HVAC mm -hmm. or I, you know, I only serve this person, but that's, that's not really the way to look at it to be most effective. Mm -hmm. the, the way is to just plant your flag and say, this is, this is who I am. This is who I serve. And this is how I do it. Mm -hmm. And everyone can do that regardless of their industry. Being your authentic self. That's what I often 100%. call it because when you are just like everybody else, they don't even remember you. And it's crazy because like you use the example of plumbers and HVAC and what's interesting between company to company, they almost all even have the same colors. <laughs> and, and as yeah. a human being that remembers things in chunks of color, literally, it's like, I don't know, they were the red plumber. Okay. There's lots of red plumbers and there's lots of red HVAC. And if they're not red, they're blue. And so it's right. like one of the two. And so even allowing yourself to pick a different color, like there is a plumber that I found that is pink. Wow. Hot pink. They love it. They wear it on the side of their, um, their vans. Everything's pink. They took their staff photo. They're all wearing fluorescent pink. I remember them. And I've looked at a lot of plumbers websites, but I remember them because they were pink. So I think even just being like, this is us, we're the pink plumbers. Like, right. it's okay. Like, that's a, that's a, that's a, I, honestly, it does. It sounds like a no brainer, but I don't, I, I'm pretty certain no plumbers in my area do that. No, but I would do it. Yeah, exactly. So you're saying, I think what I'm hearing is that even if you employ a guerrilla marketing technique, something that's going to like kind of set you apart or be really organic and grassroots, low cost, you still have to adhere to the principle of being your authentic self as you're representing yourself and making sure that you're not just trying to be like everybody else. No one will remember you at that point. Like, Absolutely. We, we see it on Instagram, uh, a song snippet 
on TikTok's the same thing. A certain song will become popular with a certain dance mm -hmm. and everyone will break their necks to get into their kitchen to do the same song and the same dance to try and glom on to some of that, some of that engagement, mm -hmm. which doesn't in the end of the, at the end doesn't, what is that? Like, what, what does that bring you? Um, and, and we do it in the real world too. And it's, it's not, it's not like horrible to do. It's, it's, it's a survival tactic. Like, okay, if this is what everyone else is doing, this must be what works. If I go stand on an Island up by myself and try to do something way out there and crazy, I might crash and burn. Mm -hmm. So it's like that safety and numbers kind of thing. And, you know, oftentimes a lot of people do things because that's what works. But if you, if you're trying to break through, you, you're going to have to rip off a bandaid and try something new in, in many cases. Yeah. And the Instagram or TikTok video that we remember is the person in the panda costume or the person that falls flat on their face and is brave enough to put it up because <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> You got to love those ones, right? But then a hundred people will intentionally fall on their face with the same music in order to try and just get that same count of impressions. And it's like, that. what does that get you? It, not, not. <laughs> huh? I don't know. I don't, I don't love the blooper videos. They like, they're, I'm old enough that America's Funniest Home Videos was oh, like, I remember that. you know, that was must, must see TV. And now it's just <laughs> YouTube, right? And right. they always, ugh, yeah. Okay. So tell me more about guerrilla marketing. I, I want to like, give me some tactics, tactics, something I can like start making ideas with. What are some things that you think are really cool that might work really well for a small business? Uh, so, okay. And, and I, like, I see a lot of your customers are nonprofit, right? Mm -hmm. And I do, I do work with a nonprofit here in Louisville. I don't work with many nonprofits. I work with one mm -hmm. just because I'm more of a, a services-based business marketer. But what we did was we partnered them with high school students. Um, if, if you're in a market where you have several high schools, one or more of them is going to have a social media club. One or more of them is going to have a graphic media club or classes like mine does. Uh, and you're also going to have future business leaders of America you're going to have all kinds of clubs and organizations in that school with students who are eager to do something other than interview baseball players every Thursday night. And that, that's what we discovered here at our local high school. We, they have a graphic media magnet program. These kids learn videography. They learn logo design. They learn everything they need to be digital marketers right out of high school. And we partnered with them and we started taking them to area businesses and doing work for them with them so the kids are getting great experience in the real world these businesses are getting work that would normally be extremely expensive and they're getting the coolness factor of working with high school students which leads it to a lot of social media fodder to use um so that's that's where it's important to talk to people outside of your bubble outside of your sphere don't don't talk to, you know, if you're a nonprofit, don't sit at a table with 15 other nonprofits and say, we got to figure this out because you're all in the same bubble. You're reading the same books. You're, you're listening to the same pod. You're listening to May Create, which is no, <laughs> nothing wrong with that. But, but if you were to bring in, bring in five high schoolers that, that do that or, or talk to somebody who runs their own retail store, they will glean a whole lot of information from you and you will glean it from them because you all are not listening to or consuming the same information whatsoever. And even when you're individually talking to people who help you with your marketing, you're getting totally different messages 
because no one talks to a nonprofit thinking like a retail marketer. But that that's so that's what I mean by by organic guerrilla marketing is like you got to get away from the okay, now I have a website, now I need to pay for SEO, and now I need to pay someone to post on LinkedIn every other day. Those things are all just, they're just tactics, they're just deliverables. They are not what is really going to endear you and engage you and make you stand above other companies or nonprofits in your area. I like too what you said about how you need to go outside of your own bubble, because I feel like having ideas in a vacuum is really difficult. I like, I do most of the marketing for make create and it's not easy. Like it's not. And I'm a marketer. If I, I'll have like, a like a imposter syndrome sometimes like people will be like, Hey, I want to do a consulting session with you. I want to talk to you about my nonprofits marketing or about my company's marketing. And I'm like, Oh, I mean, like I just don't do, I, do, I build websites. Like, I don't know. And then like, I get into the meeting with them and they start talking and I'm like, Oh, ah, shoot. I got this all day. Boom, 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 boom. 17 ideas. Right. They're like completely overwhelmed by all the ideas. I just like vomited at them. And, um, but it's just like, I can see it so clearly when I'm on the other side of the fence. And so I feel like having people that are on the other side of the fence to converse with, and, and bounce ideas around is a really powerful thing because they're going to start just like connecting dots that you'd never seen before. I mean, and it can be really simple stuff. Like I was talking to a nonprofit the other day and they're like, well, we want to get um, more parent involvement because they find that they, they have involvement of young people. And then when people have kids for a while, they understand they're going to drop off. And then once they have kids that are older, then they, the kids get involved, but they have a hard time getting the parents back involved. And I'm like, mm -hmm. well, send a flyer home with the kids after camp and invite them back for a, like, here's what we did, like gallery showing night there with the stuff that they did at camp. And they were like, Oh my gosh, that's crazy. But what's the, the it, I wouldn't have thought of it if I was sitting in their shoes though. Right. Like as simple sure. as send a flyer home. <laughs> just, I don't know. It's hard. It's, it's a lot easier. I don't know what it is. I don't know what the, you know, the psychological uh, terminology is for it, but we, you know, it's, it's your inside the bottle trying to read the label kind of thing. Like we can sit there and talk to someone else about all their business and their challenges. And we have all these ideas, but it's largely because we're snow blind to what we look at every day. Like if, for what we do, we are obsessed with it. It's all we think about. It's all we talk about, whether it's for us, for our clients, this is all we're talking about. It's all we're ever thinking about. It's all we consume. So, and I know that people who are tasked, especially with a nonprofit where, you know, your, your job is, is to really grow. And in most cases, you don't have a product. So you are, you are trying to sell good feelings, mm -hmm. which is, which is difficult, especially when people are getting tighter with their money. Yeah. Agreed. Um, but that doesn't mean it can't be done. And that doesn't mean that it's sometimes no. not the right answer either. I think that's a hard piece that people often think, well, I need to sell, a, I need to give a gift to ask for a gift. And I don't know if I always agree with that. It, it's funny. My daughter just went and did a fundraiser for her school. She was just super motivated by the fact that she was going to get this remote control blow up robot. If she sold 15 cards and she went to every house on the street, 
drug her dad with her, like asked everyone she could find people she didn't know. She was like, I just have to sell 15 cars so I can get the remote control blow up robot. Okay. Yeah. But not, but adults don't always function like that. Okay. (laughs) I don't even want the robot. I'll just give you the money. That reminds me of those slimy magazine campaigns and almonds. They used to make us sell as child labor when we were in elementary school. So we could try and win a pizza party for our class because we sold the most for this company. It was just so gross. I know. <laughs> and they're so motivated by it. I was sure. just so proud of her because we're new to town and she she was just going to get it. She's going to figure out how to sell these 15 things. But I feel like that's the tenacity that you can put behind guerrilla marketing is like, I'm going to go get it. It doesn't matter. I'm going to go walk by myself. I'm going to go take the dog with me. I'm going to make my dad take me. I'm going to go to this other street over here. Like I'm just going to do it because I'm getting the blow up remote control robot. Um, (laughs) I got to see this robot. Oh, I should get it from downstairs. It's weird. Um, (laughs) It doesn't even hold air that well. Oh, okay. So tell me about some of your favorite examples of guerrilla marketing that you think are like really easy to implement that somebody could just like, especially a new business might be able to just take and hit the ground running with. Um, I mean, that's, it's, it's very, very dependent on, on what, you know, how large your market is Mm -hmm. and what other businesses are available. But one of the quickest ways is to really borrow someone else's market and authority. And that is like we're doing, get on someone else's podcast. Mm -hmm. But in a local sense, it's to partner with an established business. Um, to, to To your example for nonprofits and and with the holidays coming up, I would do some sort of gala event in your, in your facility. So you've already got the facility taken care of, spend a little money on food, have either an art show. Or, and honestly, that's what I would do is have an art show and involve local high school students because they love showing their art somewhere outside of the classroom. Mm-hmm. And then I would invite local small businesses to donate gift baskets of their products with their marketing materials in the baskets We've, we've done this to great effect in several nonprofits in Louisville. And so they get fr- basically free advertising because their cost is nowhere near what they're charging for those products. But uh, we've had, they give away services, you know, a, fle- a free plumbing upgrade or a free, you know, car detailing, things like that. But it's got their branding all over it. And really, that's just making use of, of all of your connections. Um, another you know, it's not necessarily guerrilla marketing, but for any nonprofit, I would encourage if they don't know about BNI, find a BNI chapter in your town. Because if they're anything like the ones out here, nonprofits are free to join. I didn't know that. Yeah. And, and that gives you access to 20 to 40 other business owners who then are helping give you referrals and, and oftentimes are doing these kind of events with your nonprofit. And that costs nothing but your time. So like I said, it's, it's going to be a sliding scale money or time, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So let's say that you're in the service industry though. That's mm-hmm. one that you work with. Um, so I feel like one of the things that people need to do is just look around and be like, what do I have that is actually an asset that I didn't think of? So for example, my new office is on a really busy street and <laughs> 
I could put up a sign. Yes. And it's also above a bar and I could go downstairs and I could ask them, can I put table tents here? Um, just like so many tiny things that you have access to. Um, and I'm obviously I'm a web designer, but there has to be things that like plumbers or, um, HVAC, I mean, like any type of uh, service industry could do that would make sense. Sure. Where, where would they need to look? Uh, they need to look at what they've got, what their challenge is and what they can do honestly with what they've got. So this, you said plumbers, so it brought it to mind because this was just last week. Uh, so, uh, my coach that I work with, he challenged me because we were talking about this, this direction. And he said, well, you know, this is all, this all makes great sense for someone who comes to you who has already got five-star reviews and got their website on point. And this is the, what we're going to do moving forward. He said, what happens when a plumber comes to you with three and a half stars? I said, that's a great question because there's quite a few of those. If you look in your local market and if somebody came to me with that challenge, the standard would be, okay, we need to go have this massive campaign to get you more reviews to basically bury, you know, bury the stars. But I'm like, wait, why do we have to do the boring thing everyone else is doing? So I looked around and I found a plumber here in town that had about 3.8, 3.9 stars, which sounds okay, but out of five, you know, you know how we treat those. So I looked through their poor reviews and their entire score is being drawn down by two one-star reviews with people complaining about the way they were driving on the road. Nice. Not the service they provide. So I contacted the plumber and I asked them about it and, you know, they're like, ah, you know, yeah, it's there. We don't know what we can do about it. You know, they won't take it down or nothing. And I said, here's an idea. Here's an idea for you. I said, send your entire team have pay for and have them take the student driver course that has the little yellow cone take pictures like crazy and then blast it out on social media have him wear the 3.9 stars on a t-shirt make it your story just like domino's did when they were like hey our pizza stinks guess what they did they doubled double their profit because it became a story and and you know now you know that plumber needs to prove themselves so they are you know, they fixed and, potholes. And Wasn't that what Domino's did? Well, yeah, that, yeah, they were out there fixing potholes because, you know, they were like, that's your pizza should, that your pizza is only worth, you know, filling a pothole or something. <laughs> but all that takes is a couple hundred dollars to pay for the drivers. And I would definitely pay just to have, you know, the student driver in the yellow cone and have the owner of your company in the car, just like a 16 year old with an instructor learning how to drive, take pictures like crazy. And then, you know, get the little certificate and have pictures on your Facebook page. Look, we learned how to drive. That wouldn't just get your reviews up. It would be a tremendous story in your local market. Like all of a sudden, you're the only plumber that's worth talking about. Well, the only one with a memorable story, right? Exactly. And what did that cost you other than, you know, a couple of hours of your time and probably seven, eight hundred dollars to have your your whole crew train? And you can do it with one person if you're on a, you know, on a thinner budget. And I suppose you could fake it. I wouldn't fake it because you know I'd want to be with a memorable, like a local student driver organization to also give them some free credit yeah. uh, with their social media, you know? That's a really fun idea. I love it. Man, I want to keep picking your brain and see if I can come up with more. <laughs> well, and that's that's just it. Like I, I, I was a little nervous just because when you, you sent me kind of a, a rough outline, I was like, Ah, it's very tough for me to just say, do this, do that. But when I can talk to you for a few minutes and find out what your challenge is, what do you already have? What's the sawdust that you're brushing off the table as you're making your two by fours? What is that stuff that you already have available that you can take advantage of that you're just not thinking about because you 
you, you know, you've got blinders on, you are focused on the business at hand. Uh, you really want to grow your business, but your job is to take care of your employees, to take care of your clients, to handle, and you know, you're an expert plumber, but you just, you need, sometimes you need another voice to say, Hey, this is what we have available. Let's, let's, let's do some things like this. I always tell people to look within their processes too, to find that little golden nugget of opportunity to make marketing happen. Like what are the things that you do? Like when I was um, in college, I thought that I, I always thought I would run my own business at like some point, but the business that I originally thought of was going to be putting up posters inside of bathrooms because okay. I would have a captive audience and I, and, <laughs> and I That's was true. like, oh my gosh, I could just put posters inside of bathrooms and then it could get even bigger. And I could like have, um, and at the time, like, uh, like, uh, Wi-Fi and Bluetooth wasn't exactly the thing. Right. And so I, then mm-hmm. I was tasked with how I, how was I going to put monitors inside of bathrooms so I could flip oh, wow. ads so that way I didn't have to go replace them inside the bathroom stalls every single time. But then how was I going to plug them in? Was I going to have to take them off the bathroom stalls and charge them? Okay, that wasn't going to work. So it's just like all this list of things. But mm-hmm. friends, if you've got a bathroom stall, I swear I should do a whole episode of ways to like market in your bathroom because you have a very captive audience in a bathroom. That's true. But during the checkout process, during um, the wait, the time where people are waiting. And you know, that makes me think about those nonprofits again. So if there is a, if there's a nonprofit that knows of a person who owns an establishment where that is frequented by the public, why couldn't you do something like have, like, let's say you serve kids and maybe your kids do a project and the projects go up in the establishment for a while and get you some notice. Like those things are things you're doing anyway. You don't have to put out extra work to get them done. You can find these opportunities by pairing with people who have the same values as you, but have access to something that you don't, which is the people that traffic. Yeah. Come into their office. Um, Sure. One thing I saw you mentioned in your guerrilla tactics was sidewalk chalk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's more of a traditional. um, Actually, I, that's the idea, but we pivoted on that last month and I had a client who we made a template and we pressure washed their logo because I saw that somewhere. Uh, I saw a company, I think it was in Great Britain who does that regularly. And so it was, they spent, you know, $150 to have a large vinyl template made of their logo and they're downtown. So the sidewalks are old and pretty dark and all that and go out there and it lasts for, I think it's been, it's been almost a month now and you, it's still there. And they, and so they yeah. didn't just do it in front of their business. So they went, they kept going <laughs> that down is the street. I was so like, you smart. may want to, right. I said, you may want to, you know, maybe just do some arrows or some smiley faces. I said, I don't know about putting your logo in front of other people, but they got so excited because it looked so cool. Well, I mean, like, imagine you've got an ice cream shop, right? And so if they're, I mean, you had an ice cream shot. So why not have mm-hmm. like an ice cream cone and then your logo and then a smiley face and then an arrow and then just keep going. Sure. That was such a smart idea. That is so cool. Yeah. What? And just do it in the middle thought. of the night when no one's paying attention. <laughs> when they won't notice the power washer. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's more traditional guerrilla marketing. And there are, so I have, I have actually worked with, uh, there is a, there's actually a 
like a chalk art event here at the river that's kind of a big deal i didn't realize it um but i i did speak with a chalk artist and you there are chalks they can use that are practically paint um that will last several weeks and if not a little longer to kind of depending on your weather and all that um and that that's really effective too particularly if you're the only or the first one doing it on your street my daughter decided to mix my youngest child this this summer decided to mix washable markers with water. She just like dumped the markers into like a cup of water. <laughs> and so she had okay. cups of all these different washable monker inks. And then she went out into the driveway and made all of these pictures with this paint that she had made. And my driveway was painted with washable markers for quite some time. So like, if that gives anybody <laughs> any ideas, it was it was pretty great. <laughs> you know, if you if you have a large wall, put up a mural that people are going to want to take selfies at. Yes. That that is still not played out. Uh, we have quite a few of those in town. I've noticed when I've visited Brown County, Indiana, or Nashville, or Cincinnati, any city around, those are all over the place. And not matter of fact, we even have wings. a selfie museum. Oh yeah, we have a selfie museum here in Louisville. There was one idea I had for a local um, museum where I thought that they should, so they were doing an exhibit for a specific person. I'm like, I think we need to have a life-size cutout of this person or like a sticker on the wall so that way people can take pictures of them, like with them and like do something fun like that. I don't, it never came to fruition. My, my <sighs> podcast partner, Angie, she is a t-shirt designer and she works a lot of pop-up shops and, and things like that. And she was doing one in a microbrewery and behind her desk, I'd been harassing her forever. She has a life-size cutout of Joe Dirt. And I was like, put this thing up right now. And sure enough, as soon as it was up, people started coming over to the booth and getting their picture with Joe Dirt. I'm like, how can you not? <laughs> Joe Dirt. And you know? was he wearing a t-shirt? Yeah, he had the cutoff, uh, the cutoff plaid shirt and the jean jacket. And he's just looking up like real pensive up into the sky. It's, it's perfect. And now when she does uh, pop-up events or she does the flea markets selling all of her t-shirts and, and stuff like that, now people come and take a selfie with Joe Dirt. Like On the same thought for trade shows, once, okay, so this was a good one. I, a nonprofit, okay, so they are, um, they work with people with disabilities and they were trying to like remove certain words from our vocabulary. And so they had everybody, like you had like, your card, like your speech bubble, and you would write something on it. And then you would take a picture of yourself with the pledge and like put it up on social media. So like, if you're trying to make a point or uh, change a belief, you could actually put a lot of momentum behind it by just having people take a pledge, do something simple. Like since then I have never used those words. Like I do not, they don't oh, wow. like, they don't, they're not like I, maybe I used them like mistakenly. And then I was like, wait a second. No, I said, I wasn't going to say that anymore. So I'm not going to say those words anymore. Cause I said, I wasn't going yeah. to. Um, and, and I think that I didn't even really realize that they were offensive until they told me they were offensive. And then I was like, okay, well now I know. So I don't want to do that anymore. Cause I'm not a jerk, like on purpose. <laughs> well, they also anchored it to an activity that you engaged in, which made it way more memorable. Like you could have read that those words were offensive in a blog post somewhere and you wouldn't have forgotten it immediately. Mm -hmm. But because you were engaged in the process, you know, that's that's another thing that I've seen at, at some nonprofit events is, you know, they'll have people do right on a signature wall. Mm -hmm. 
they'll have them take, you know, get into a video booth and talk about why that nonprofit is important to them. And that gives you a lot of social media fodder too. Uh, it's, it's getting people involved in your process. It would be okay. So here's a funny thought. Imagine that you're, um, like a pumping company or like a septic company and Mm -hmm. your challenge was that people just don't know about septic health because they don't. And, um, I could just see people like holding up the number of squares of toilet paper that they use or like something weird like that, you know, cause yeah. I had to have a talk with my nine-year-old the other day. I was like, girlfriend, that was like 25 squares. <laughs> like I could literally wrap it around your body like four times. You don't need that many squares. She's like, mom, how do you, how many do you use? I was like four or five. That is it. <laughs> and she's like, what? And I'm like, I know, honey, you're going to clog the system and I'm going to have to get it pumped. <laughs> now you're talking about some viral TikTok stuff, the family and the, the family holding up the squares and the ones taller than the little kids. So as they get older, it's shorter and shorter. <laughs> <laughs> see, okay, friends. So you can see though, there's all kinds of crazy things that you can do. And I feel like you can even do the same thing as everyone else. You can just do it a little differently. You know, it, it's like the pink um, plumbers. You know, everybody has a truck. It's just those, there's are pink. Or um, mm-hmm. there's a church in town that, their sign is not like, and like a, I'm trying to convert you into a Christian sign. It's always like a funny, quippy thing about God. And so when we drive past, we're like, what does the sign say today? Just because we think it's fun. But then when they need us to know something like we're having a garage sale, (laughs) we read it right? Because we yeah. just ignore all the other ones in town. So even if you're using the same asset as somebody else, you can just use it differently. Like get your pink truck. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Plant, yeah. Plant your flag as people like to say. Plant your flag. Yeah. Claim, just say, this is, this is who we are. This is what we do. This is who we serve. And we're unapologetic about it. this is it. Of course. Now, if you're somebody who thinks that it's okay to offend everybody, then that's not going to work very well because you know, you're going to be, yeah, you're going to be who you are, but you're going to be alone. <laughs> yeah. Or hanging out with other people who are really offensive. I guess that maybe sure. they might be attracted to you. That would be uh, an interesting one. Reasons why um, May Create does not get involved in any politics. <laughs> no. We do not do this thing. <laughs> you want to no. talk about colors, like of the color wheel, yes. But um, what's funny is as like a statement of... Um, I am not going to be like everybody else. You know how you can pick your skin color in the thumbs up icons, um, like in Slack and in emojis and stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think it's stupid. So I made a purple thumb emoji and I will only use purple people in my emojis because I should not have to be yellow. I can be purple. (laughs) There you go. Plants are flat. But what if my skin color feels purple? And sometimes it does. (laughs) So (laughs) I am. So, um, one question I did want to ask you, uh, before you wrap up is that you have a lot of testimonials on your site, which is kind of like a really cool thing. And I always have people ask me like, how do I get testimonials? Because it's not, they kind of, I feel, I feel like they maybe feel outside of their wheelhouse or they feel uncomfortable asking for a testimonial. So I just want to know if you could give people any advice, um, on how to maybe get that wheel turning. Okay. 
so I used I used software that that allowed me to create a video ask, mm-hmm. send it in an email, and then they could record it, a video. So it was, I did it highly technical, but I've also talked. So I talked to a show a chauffeur company owner a few weeks back, and he, you know, compared to the bigger. This is Louisville, so it's it's all bourbon, like bourbon tours mm-hmm. and Kentucky Derby. So the chauffeur companies are pretty competitive, and some of them are quite large, and his company was not. Uh, and he he didn't have near as many online reviews as these other companies. And because near me searches for that kind of thing are big deal, I said, when are you asking for reviews? So, well, I'm, I'm kind of not like, well, there, there's the first challenge. I said, but instead of, I said, you have an email list, right? And he's kind of, I've got it here and there and in Stripe. I was like, all right, let's, let's get all that together. We will send out a campaign, make it very personal, make it very like, this is what I need to help me grow and provide for more people like you. Uh, I said, however, moving forward, we're going to make a QR code. We're going to put it on a three by five sticker and put it in the door jams of your chauffeur. I said, you are taking girl trips. You're taking people from out of town on bourbon tours. Everybody is so happy with you right as that tour is ending. That's when they need, I said, you need to have that QR code in those five yellow stars, that visual cue in their face during the whole trip. Mm-hmm. And they're gonna they're sitting in a car for an hour to get home from their great bourbon tour experience. What are they gonna do? They're on their phone. Yeah. So they're gonna give you reviews while they're in your truck. I said, that's you don't want to wait until they get home. They've forgotten about it. You know, yours is kind of like a once a year type of service, if that. Mm-hmm. So you, they're not gonna think of you again. It's not like an ongoing thing. I said so. You need to capture them when it matters. Much like so, if you know, if a nonprofit were to do an event. You can leave a Google review for somebody for any reason whatsoever. Just like our, our plumber friend who had the bad reviews for <laughs> driving on the freeway uh, aggressively. So if you're going to have an event, why not capture those things during the event while everybody's enjoying the event and they're in the mindset of helping out your nonprofit? Get those reviews while people are in that situation. Asking for them posthumously just makes it a little more difficult of an ask Mm -hmm. and the response rate. You know, I think I have 15 of them on there. That doesn't mean I didn't send out 50 requests. Yeah. I mean, because it takes, it's just like any other prospecting. (laughs) Sure. One thing that I find helps me a lot. I have one of my vendors uh, that I work with. He's asked me for a review and I forgot, like I put it on my things to do and I just forgot. And then he sent me another email. Yes, because you should ask more than once. And Mm -hmm. he said, Hey, here are some of the things just to get you started. And he gave me like a bulleted list of um, things from us, like working together, right. That might be good in the review. And it made it super easy for me to write the review for him. And it's not mm-hmm. like, I'm not ever going to copy exactly what you gave me. Cause that's not me, but I find it, I've just found it so much easier to have something to work with. Um, but yeah, and I love how you said that it should be during the process, right? So like mm-hmm. going back to that process, you guys all have these processes in your business and your nonprofit, they are assets that you're not using. Like you can use them to get whatever problem solved that you need to solve back to what Jay said earlier, you know, you, what problem are you trying to solve? And then what do you have to solve that problem? And, and you can find it in all kinds of ways from power washing sure. to <laughs> <laughs> bathrooms. It's yeah. Knowing, knowing what your goal is, is crucial to, to developing. And oftentimes, if you actually are intentional about looking into that and discussing it with other people and discussing with people outside your bubble, as we talked about, those solutions are going to start forming for you as you talk through things, rather than just saying, all right, what's everyone else doing online? 
because that's just that's just adding to the noise. Yeah. You're just you're just saying me too and nobody's interested in me too. They want different. Yeah, don't try to solve the problem in a vacuum. I actually was sitting in a committee meeting the other day for an event that they're having in town just to meet people, really, because I wanted to meet people. And I was amazed. We had like work at home accountants. We had somebody who does landscaping, somebody who makes trophies for a living, a person who sells cars, like people who work for the chamber. Um, And they came up with the best ideas between all of them. I was like, what a think tank. I wished that I had Mm -hmm. one of those for my marketing. So maybe that's what it really is. Like find, find your supporters and make yourself a think tank. (laughs) That's, that's what's so effective about coaching programs. Uh, when you, you know, if you decide to invest in that, really, it's just having access to other business owners who are having the same challenges as you, but they have different experience. They have different customer base. So the, it just, it brings together all these different creative ideas. That's why, you know, like I said, you know, if you, you don't just hang out with everybody who does the same thing you do. Mm-hmm. find people who are succeeding in totally different industries or different parts of, of your, your economy. And you'll be amazed at what they're doing and, and how you can take those ideas and, and put them to use in what you do. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing all these thoughts and brainstorming with me. I love ideas. They're like some of my favorite <laughs> I do <things>. too. <laughs> it's like, ooh, <laughs> when I get a podcast that I, that like starts my brain, like clicking along and it's like, it, the ideas are flowing. I'm like, oh, this is so, I'm in my happy place. Happy sure. place. So tell us where people can go to learn more about your business. Um, they can go to my website, which is rootofpipi.com. Uh, they can also check out my just fledgling podcast, More Gooder Ideas, that I do with Angie Patterson every Wednesday. We're on all the platforms. Uh, and if you're in Louisville, hit me up. I, I love nothing more than doing one-to-ones with cool and interesting business owners. Uh, and growing your referral market is like my secret sauce for everyone. Like that's a whole other podcast on its own. But, you know, like I mentioned, b and is a good start if you're not already doing that. Um, but that's, that's key and getting in front of people one-to-one face-to-face when you can, I mean, zoom meetings are great. We all got used to them for the last three years and Monica and I are doing one right now. Uh, but if you can meet someone in person, that's going to exponentially increase your relationship with them right off the bat. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with me and we'll make sure to get the link to all of those examples of guerrilla marketing techniques, even above and beyond the ones that we referenced today and uh, get the link to your website and everything else on these show notes on our website. So thank you so much, everybody for hanging out with us today. And until next time, go forth and market with purpose. To get a copy of the show notes and all those links that we just heard from our guest, head on over to maycreate.com, M-A-Y-E-C-R-E-A-T-E.com. And of course, I have to tell you the things that all podcasters are supposed to tell you at the end of their episodes. Like, if you thought this was awesome, you could subscribe. And then I would like get to tell you when I have new stuff for you to learn and new episodes and new people to meet, new stories to tell. Oh, And of course, I would really love it if you left a review. So head on over to maycreate.com for those show notes, M-A-Y-E, C-R-E-A-T-E dot com or maybe even contact my team about building that next website. We can do it for you 
And we even have our Better Than DIY website program that teaches you to plan and build your own website. So head on over to maycreate.com, M-A-Y-E-C-R-E-A-T-E.com. I'll meet you over there.